The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast with your host, metaphysician, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist, Christy Clemens-Hoffman. Each week, we will discover teachings, tips, and tools to radiate your best life ever with practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hello, and welcome back to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today, we radiate comfort and hope with Wendy Willow, who is the author of Silver Butterfly Wings, Signs from the Other Side, Offering Comfort and Hope After Death of a Loved One. And Wendy's based in Oklahoma, outside of the Tulsa area, and she is an intuitive palm reader, numerologist, speaker, and published writer who has given readings at various psychic and alternative health fairs across Canada and the United States. She was a contributing contributing writer to Ever-Changing Magazine out of Burlington, Vermont, and the Journal of Alternative Therapies, Montreal, Canada. Her articles have appeared in various publications across North America, including Purple Pagan and Waxing and Waning Magazine. So glad to have you with me here today. So glad Thank you could join me, Wendy. Yes, I'm very pleased to be here. It's an honor. Thank you. So your book, Silver Butterfly Wings, it's a book of signs offering comfort and hope. That's wonderful. So why did you write this book? How did it come to pass? Well, um, I was a skeptic initially, even though I work with energies, I read palms, I was I did Reiki for a little while as well. But when you're confronted with death, it's so traumatic. It it doesn't, your mind can't wrap around the finality, the fact that that person is no longer there at all. And it was such a great shock, even though we were prepared, he'd been ill and so on. Now, this is your husband, right? Yes, yes, I'm sorry. I should have said that. Yeah, that was my husband who had died. And so... When I started receiving these signs, a butterfly initially, there was waves of love that he wrapped me up in after he died and pens in the grass. There's just so many signs. And um, at first I was like, how can this possibly be? How can somebody who's crossed over um, to the other side, a spirit, how can they 
send this? How, how can they have influence on our life, our earth? And as more and more signs revealed themselves, it was almost like something hitting me, you know, like, okay, wake up, wake up, you know, this is not random. And so eventually I started to believe in these signs. And then once I accepted because of the timing, basically the timing, the uncanniness and the timing. Once I accepted, it was like, oh my gosh, like a bomb had poured over me, a soothing, healing waters had poured over me. And it was like, oh my gosh, there's more than this particular life on earth. Now, I knew that intellectually, um, but I had to experience that myself in order to believe Oh, my goodness. And how long ago did your husband pass? 12 years now. It took me a long time to write the book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had started to write as a way of processing my grief. This is this is what I do. If I'm in pain or anything, any um, emotion that's very deep, I write. I journal, I write. And I started to write. And then when I realized that these signs were real, I wanted to record everything. So I didn't want to forget anything. And that was a way of looking back and saying, okay, well, this happened. Yes, that definitely was a sign, like shake the bed shaking. You know, this is a couple of days after he died and my bed would just shake. And I thought, we're, this was when I was living in Montreal. Um, we don't, we're not in an earthquake zone. No. What? And um, again, like two, I guess the first week after he'd crossed over, I would feel padding on my shoulders and my hips when I was in bed. And I was shocked. Like I jumped out of bed. Oh, what's going on? I was alone in the house. No pets. And so these signs just really shook me. And the more they happened, the more I realized, okay, this is not random. And you're not going crazy. That was the other thing. Flickering lights. Hello. You know, <laughs> it's real. It's real. So as I progressed, as I wrote, and I, I um, processed my emotions, and I wrote down about the sun, then of course, it comes to you, or I shouldn't say you, it does come to people that, okay, I can share this. You know, I'm in pain, I'm going through this, but I've got hope. And how good if I can help somebody else in this situation? So so that, you knew that you weren't crazy. Mm -hmm. How did you get over this fear that others might think you were crazy? <laughs> I was still there a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess just by talking to people I would be very hesitant when I talk to people you know you sort of tiptoe your way are they going to think I'm nuts um are they going to believe but you know the more I talk I opened up myself my natural self and I would connect with people that would say oh my gosh I am so glad you said that because I received a sign from my grandmother my grandfather my husband wife you know whatever family member and I wasn't sure if it was authentic and there's no proof. Well, pure, uh, spirit doesn't provide proof. You know, it's belief and trust and faith. And um, so it just it just takes sort of zooming in on the right people. And you don't always know who's open and who's not. But just by talking about it, 
And joining groups, I joined a couple of bereavement support groups and they were excellent. Now, not everybody had the same beliefs and that's normal. There were some people who firmly said, nope, they're gone, they're finished. They're Okay, fine. That's not my job to convince people. I just, you know, talked about how I felt. And um, I think just reaching out to other people. Yeah, it is tremendously comforting to know that our loved ones can communicate with us and can give us signs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like I said, I was skeptical. Right. But had, of- now, had you and your husband ever talked about the eventuality of this? No, not at all. This was the elephant in the room. He was a doctor. And you would think that he understood. Well, it doesn't matter, you know, how the how intellectual the person is. It's the emotion of it. And even though he was in hospice for a couple of months total, it we still didn't really talk about it. He talked about practical things, you know, like paying bills and looking after the home and stuff that I already knew, but it made him feel good to talk about practical aspects. But in terms of spiritual, no, we never talked about that. Wow, right. You know, my dad has talked to us about, you know, the eventual the eventuality of his his passing. He was talking about how uh, he's going to try to send us signs. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we never talked about that. Interesting. Yeah, no, I think it's great that your dad has already set that up, set that expectation up and opened the door, so to speak, you know, that it will happen. Yeah. How how long after your husband's passing did you start noticing these signs? Well, it was really, well, actually, when he was passing, it was, it was as if I was in a trance or, or there was no time or anything when he was in his, his deathbed sounds horrible to say that but that's what happened and I could hear all these like angel wings or something and and I knew I could sense that his soul was leaving it was very it's an experience I'd never had before but in terms of an actual sign um, I had gone home afterwards I'd gone to my daughter's initially just to spend she said come on over here mom and you know um, and I was there for I don't know an hour, half an hour. And then I went back home to my home and I just sat outside on the deck. It was summertime. And I just thought about him and I looked up in the clouds and I could see the sun sinking. And it was very sad. But once I got into bed that night, all of a sudden there was these waves and waves of love that were wrapping me up. And I thought, where is this coming from you know it was nothing that I've ever felt on this earth and it was it was such a reassuring loving feeling and I thought well I mean that right away I said that's got to be coming from David you know my husband so that I accepted right away and um and then it was two days later that butterfly that was on the back of his chair And I was just crying and sobbing. It's like, how can I possibly go on? You know, I just can't imagine life without him. And then all of a sudden my attention, you know, like when you, you, somebody is walking behind you or something and you turn around, you sense there's somebody. Well, I sensed there was something. And I looked up and I saw this butterfly 
And it was so still and so surreal and not a butterfly I've ever seen at all. And I kind of looked at it and it drew me somehow. And it was her serenity that drew me, the stillness. And then I heard in my head, my husband's voice saying, do not stand at my grave and weep. And I thought, oh my God, is he sending me a sign? And that was the first time I wanted to believe it. And I didn't completely. I thought, oh, come on. And then, you know, there were other signs, but that was a very powerful one. And that's why I named my book Silver Butterfly Wings, because all that first year after he passed, there were butterflies that I saw like random coming in when you don't expect it, not sitting on a flower, sitting on a chair or something. And um, the reason for the silver is because one night when I was walking, there was a butterfly way, way up high in the sky where it shouldn't have been. And it transformed into a silver. You know, it was the light changing, but it still had to be there. The light had to be changing at that point in time. And it was outlined in silver. And it was just incredible. And I realized, you know, this is not earthly. This is another realm. This is spirit. And you can't deny the world of spirit. It's part of us. Now, what type of relationship did you and your husband have? Very deep, very deep, loving relationship. He had come into my life when I was done with men. I'd had a divorce. I had children by my first husband. And um, I said, no, I, I just, I don't want to have a, another relationship. I'm finished. But he was just, he came in as a friend, a friend of his sister's. I had known his sister very briefly and she introduced us and he was so gentle and not pushy. We went, we would go for coffee all together, you know, in groups and this and that. And then just, it just happened that we became friends first and then our relationship grew and developed. And I said, oh yeah, he's, he's not that bad after all. <laughs> <laughs> you had to have a deep connection, a deep loving connection for him to want to communicate that way. And the first sign that he gave was just to shower you and envelop you and just wrap you up in love. Mm -hmm. And you know, the strange thing was when he was dying, he was in the hospital. And I was thinking that we were getting closer, which didn't make sense you know intellectual sense at that point he was leaving this earth and i was still there and i had to go on and finish my life and he said to me he said the lines between us are blurry and i'm like what that's exactly what i was thinking you know we're we're so connected that there's no definition of each person we're becoming closer and I, I could never understand, I could never figure out until after he crossed over and then I realized, okay, so that I would be open and receptive to the spiritual signs that he's sending. Oh my goodness. Now, what other types of signs has he sent? Oh gosh, well, the most profound one that really, really changed my mind was um, when he was being cremated. And that was, I don't know how long after, four or five days, whatever. And I didn't want to know. I didn't want to have that image in my mind of him going through the flames. But somehow, actually, it was my daughter, I think, who accidentally mentioned it over the phone. And I said, no, I didn't want to know. Well, okay, whatever. It's meant to be. 
So this particular time and date when it was going to happen, I went outside into our backyard and I sat under this oak tree I called Grandfather Oak. And I just sat there and I said a few prayers and um, I just thought about my husband and everything kind of went blurry. You know, I didn't hear, see anything. It was almost like I was in a dream. It was very quiet. And uh, then I had this vision of David and I holding hands and he was going through the fire, but it was okay. It didn't hurt, you know, it was fine. And then that, after that was all done, I would just kind of, all of a sudden my hearing came back, you know, car doors slamming and dogs barking. And I thought, oh, okay, well, that's done. Now I can go in the house. And I was kind of jittery and nervous and a little tired. I went back in the house and I, you know, got a glass of water and all of a sudden the doorbell rang. I thought, oh, I do not want to talk to anybody. I do not want to see anybody. So I peeked out the window and it was two men in dark suits on the front porch. And I thought, oh no, are they from the city? Are they telling me I wasn't allowed to light candles under the tree? I forgot I forgot to say that. I lit candles and everything. Maybe there's a bylaw. What have I done? <laughs> so I thought, well, I can't not open the door now. So I opened the front door and the fellow said, hi, I'm a Jehovah Witness and my name is David. And I said, oh my God, I just cried. I just cried and cried and cried. And the poor men were looking at each other going, ma'am, ma'am, are you having a bad day? <laughs> I said, yes. I said, my husband passed away recently and his name was David. And to me, that was confirmation. Like, what are the chances of the timing? You know, uh, right after that happening. And that's that. Okay. You know, this is just out of my control. <laughs> this is not earthly. This is spirit sending that sign to say, you know, this is, these signs are real. So that was the biggest one. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, the other ones, like the feathers in the grass and the pens and, you know, things out of character, like apple blossoms in the fall, you know, that's out of character. Um, the lights, like I said, the lights flickering and radios going off and on. At first I thought, what's going on with this house? And then, you know, I realized that other people had experienced that too. And it's it's always in the timing um, when you're thinking about that person or, you know, the song on the radio, that's your song. Um, just so many signs that um, it brought me a lot of comfort because I just know and I feel now I feel his presence. Yeah. What does that presence feel like to you? Very gentle and soft and definitely there. I'm a feeler. I don't see auras. I feel them, which sounds very strange. You know, oh, like I, really I, feel, I think I can feel the color pink. I can feel the color yellow. I don't actually see them. I feel them. So for me, it's more like a feeling of his presence um, rather than people have visitations. Um, of course, I've had dreams where in a dream you're you're seeing in your mind's eye. Um, but it feels it feels really good and strong. And you know what? It, it just opens everything in my mind that there's so much more out there than we experience and that we can even imagine. And I think that's important, too, because otherwise you're kind of living your life. You're going about your daily routine. 
you know, you have your beliefs and so on, and, and you sort of go outside the boundaries of what you're living. But when you have an experience with somebody who's crossed over and sending you signs, and immediately everything opens up and you're like, wow, you know, there's so much more out there. And I wonder, you know, to me, magic is planting an acorn and growing a tree or planting a seed. To me, that's magic. And I'm thinking, what else is there? You know, what else is there? What else do we not know that we can learn from one another and our, our time on earth here? It's, uh, it's yeah, it's a very, um, like I said, mind opening. <laughs> right. Like what else is possible? Yeah. Um, now, when you said you felt David around you, did it feel like he felt when he was alive? Hmm, that's a good question. Well, his aura, his essence, yes. I mean, there's no question that it was him or that it is him. Right. But it's not a solid presence. Right. Like when, so the inner spirit, yes, I would say yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there was... There was an unmistakable um, feeling to the to the feeling. I, in other words, yeah. oh yeah, absolutely, There's no question. And that's when you know, because people you know. say, "How do you know? What? Where's where do you get rid of doubt and speculation? And how do you? Right. It's that feeling, that inner feeling, that there's no question. It's there. It's like you know the age old question: How do you know you're in love? you know (laughs) no right yeah because it could have been your mother it could have been your father it could have been anyone else on the other side but you know you just yeah no no this is special yeah and the other thing too is he was a smoker i wasn't he was and um this was like three or four months after he died and i walked by there was one room a little powder room little bathroom that he would smoke in because I didn't like smoke. So he had this one little room in in the house where he would smoke. And like I said, three or four months after he died, I walked by that room and I could smell cigarette smoke. The windows were all closed. It was fall. And the house that we lived in was like, there's no close, close neighbors. And it was like, whoa, (laughs) it had to be that room. It had to be that smell. And sometimes just before falling asleep, I'll smell that cigarette. And it's very faint now. It's been 12 years, but I still do get signs. I get signs. Actually, there was one today. There was three cardinals that I saw on our backyard today. And, um, oh, just, I can't think right now, but because it comes spontaneously, you know, Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Did you know that Radiate Wellness is more than just a podcast? That's right. 
We're also a comprehensive holistic wellness practice. Find out about our services, practitioners, and upcoming events at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. While you're there, visit our podcast page to read more about our great guests and even donate to the podcast. If you like our podcast, you can help in other ways as well, like subscribe or follow us wherever you're listening right now. Tell a friend, a family member, or a co-worker about the great content you find here. And if you wouldn't mind, please give us a thumbs up, a five-star rating, or a positive review. Sounds like a small thing, but it really helps. You might like to know about our Facebook communities while we're at it. We have a free community, the Radiate Wellness Community, on Facebook for news and great free content. Our subscribers group is Radiate U, as in the letter U, but also, well, you. There you'll find curated replays of past classes, guest interviews, and more. And now, back to our podcast and back to our guest. And uh, I'm wondering, have you ever tried to ask for a sign, like like ask mm -hmm. for a tweet? <laughs> let's have date night saturday eight o'clock you show up and send me a gift okay. that doesn't work yeah oh, um no well okay this is a strange answer yes and no uh i did ask for a sign on our, our anniversary our anniversary was july 22nd that was about 12 days after he passed or something two weeks after he passed and uh, I had signs and I thought, well, this is our anniversary. What are you going to send me? Come on, you got to send me a sign today. But I couldn't imagine anything that he hadn't already sent, like a pen, um, you know, our time at the notary, which is what you do in Canada, rather than lawyer after someone dies, you're just sitting around the legal stuff. And I was asked to sign a document and I couldn't find my pen. I knew I had one in my purse. I didn't have one. Nobody in the room had a pen. Somebody had to go out and ask a secretary for a pen. <laughs> it was weird, but uh, so I, it was our anniversary, and I was thinking, okay, now what? You know, please send me something. But what are you going to send? You have... Then I thought, am I challenging karma? I'd better be careful here. <laughs> but, um, and this is also something else that's interesting. It's it's rarely when you expect or think about it so I went babysitting my grandchildren like I was doing and the uh, babysitting day was broken up the other grandmother would do the morning and I would do the afternoon so I arrive around lunchtime and she's rocking the baby in the rocking chair giving him his bottle and the other little girl my little granddaughter was sitting doing a puzzle and I walked in I thought oh this is very sweet nice and painful uh, peaceful but grandmother would you please leave because it's my turn <laughs> and she, well I'll be honest <laughs> she's rocking the baby and everything and all of a sudden she starts singing she was Irish Tura Lura Lura oh. and I thought oh my god my husband's father used to sing that to him and I haven't heard anybody sing that song so I thought okay wow this has got to be a sign usually 
that time that I would come to babysit and we would switch, she'd be almost getting her coat on, ready to go out the door. That's why I was thinking, you know, it's my turn. Get out of here. What are you doing? <laughs> You're here too long. So everything has to fall into place. So in terms of asking for a specific sign, I don't think spirit works that way. You, you can't control spirit. You can't say, look, I want a sign Saturday night. It doesn't work, but it's when you're not expecting things generally that they come. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of a dream, I did one night. I was desperate for a sign. I said, oh, I really need a dream. I really need to know that you're still here. And, you know, this is the early days. And I really wanted the comfort of a nice, beautiful dream. And somebody had said in my grief support group, they'd had a dream. And I really wanted one, too. So I was like forcing and forcing. Well, I got a nightmare. <laughs> oh, goodness. It was horrible. It was like I was trying to will my husband back into this earthly life. And he had died. He'd had lung disease. So without oxygen, he couldn't breathe. You know, he had been on oxygen. And um, so it was like he, there he was struggling and struggling and trying. It was just a horrible nightmare. And I thought, okay, no, I'm not ever doing this again. <laughs> whatever comes, comes. And whatever doesn't, doesn't. But, you know, all this put together, um, I came to a point where, you know, if I keep pushing signs away and just saying, well, it's not true, is that bringing me comfort? No. If I accept what's in front of me, and they're so blatant, some of them, then first of all, I'm growing spiritually. And like I said in the beginning, I can pass this along. So I have no doubt that it's all real. And um, I would like to explore the spiritual world even more. Right. I'm in awe of you or of anybody who's a medium, because I know I can communicate with my husband. But could I do that for others that I don't know? I don't know, but I would like to explore that. Have you tried? No, <laughs> no, I've had signs from my mother, from my father, you know, like I say, family members and that, you know, signs that just come. And my husband, of course, more than anybody. But as far as no, I haven't really. Right. Interesting. I noticed that part of in part of your book, uh, you say that love never dies. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually teach a class called Love Never Dies. Sometimes I co-teach it with another another person who's written a book about signs from her mother. Mm -hmm. We will co-teach that sometimes, and sometimes I teach it on my own. Um, so in your book, uh, as I said, you say that love never dies. So what do you mean by that? Do you really believe it and why? Oh, absolutely, 100%. The, just because the person is not here in body, I believe their spirit, their soul is still alive. And you just don't sever that connection because they're not standing in front of you. Uh, after my husband passed, I felt our love grow stronger. And again, it was like, how can this be? He's not even here. You know? But I think that those who have crossed over are there to support us in this life. They've already done the transition. They're into a realm of, I believe, pure love. That's what I believe. And I think that they just um, support us any way they can. And I can't just stop loving him or my mother or my father or my sister or my brother just because they're not here anymore. 
So I know it never dies. I think it's there for not just for them, but for us, for us to be the type of people that we're meant to be. And if you cut yourself off from everybody because they're not here and cut yourself off from that love, then you're not growing and you're not able to share with others. So that's that's how that's what I feel. Oh, my goodness. Um, Now, part two of your book is called Silver Dragonfly Wings. Mm -hmm. How does that diverge? That's my evolution because dragonflies are symbols of transformation. The butterfly is um, usually a sign from a soul who's passed on telling you that all is well. It's, you know, you cocoon like a butterfly and then you open up to see the world. Whereas a, a dragonfly, it's more the transition part. So you've, um, you're going, you're moving on, you're becoming strong, or I shouldn't say you, me, is <laughs> my, my experience, I was becoming stronger, more confident, I was learning to accept, and that's very difficult, especially the first year, to accept that they're not there anymore, and they'll never come back, because you always hope and think in the back of your mind, I light candles, say prayers, do whatever, maybe they'll come back somehow, maybe there's a way, no, there's no way, not in body, um, so the silver dragonfly wings is more about the the transition, the learning to cope, learning to accept, and learning to to live, not just survive. And that's a big step too. But in terms of the actual insect, yes, I saw lots of them the second year, which is why I kept saying, okay, why do I keep seeing these dragonflies with their beautiful translucent wings that all of a sudden turn silver? And so. I looked up the meaning. I like to consult um, animal speak. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Ted Andrews wrote the book and he gives the meaning, the spiritual meaning for animal sightings. And uh, it was transformation. So that's what the second part is all about. I love it. Because you did figure out a way to cope and move on. Can you talk a bit about that? I went to these uh, these grief support groups initially and just to talk with other people that had gone through this same experience, knowing that you're not crazy because in the beginning you do become paranoid or I, be, I shouldn't say you all the time. I become, I was paranoid, you know, constantly. So, okay, he's gone. What else is going to happen in my house? Is somebody going to come in and take my stuff? It's, wow. you don't feel like you're, you're in your right mind. And so just talking to other people and, you know, realizing that this is just all part of grief, um, that it will pass, that you will get stronger. And I was lucky enough to be on my own in a way that I could just scream and yell and cry all day if I wanted to, because you have to get those emotions out. And other people have family members still at home and they can't really do that or they have a job and they they're restricted in that way but I was able to just open up and let it go out I had rituals I would buy two cups of coffee because that was what David and I did and I would pour his under the oak tree why I don't know I just thought about it (laughs) I just thought okay I have to keep connecting I have to keep connecting and so I would buy a cup of coffee for myself at a you know drive-through coffee place and I would buy his take it under the tree and I would pour it under and hope he got it wherever he is. And, um, 
And just making decisions about the house, to sell the house, to renovate the house, like making my own decisions. It was tough. And I screwed up a lot. I made a lot of mistakes. But this is how I became stronger. And I didn't like it very much, but that's what happens. Right. And you're still receiving signs from David. I am. Yeah, I am still, even though I've moved on. Actually, I'm remarried, which is why I'm in Tulsa. Never thought it would happen, but it did. And um, yeah, my husband is very open to me receiving signs from David. It's again, it's, it's a spiritual thing. And it's just to understand that no matter what, love is still around us, all of us. It's not necessarily just for one person. It's for everybody. Right. It is. You're certainly blessed to have found that again. That's wonderful. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) I'm so happy that he's accepting of you receiving signs. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes us a strong relationship too. That's wonderful. So do you feel like David has given his thumbs up for very strange? Yeah, I did. We met on a cruise ship. My present husband and I, we, and neither one of us was looking for a relationship. You know, I was a widow and so was he. And I had my family, my grandkids, and we were just, you know, he was with his group and I was with my friends and, and we just clicked. But when, because what I do naturally is people's numerology. I try to be careful about it because some people aren't open, but you know, you sit down, you meet somebody new, you say, okay, what sign are, even if you're my age, you say, what sign are you or whatever? And I say, what, what's your date of birth? If you don't mind, he was born the same year as David. <laughs> so right then I said, okay, yes, I'm feeling all this, you know, good feelings towards this man. And we had parallel lives. Like so many things in our lives were, the same and then when I heard his date of birth I said okay this is David saying all right I'm sending you this man so you won't be lonely (laughs) oh my gosh that's so sweet wow so knowing that you had this comfort and that you're receiving signs from David how long did it take you to just come back to yourself um What do you mean exactly by come back to myself? To um, not get over it because you never get over something like that. But to feel like you could move on to the next chapter. Okay. How long did that take? That took me about six years. And when I met my present husband, it was nine years later. So I had to... Actually, I had to open my mind. So around five, six years, I said, okay, to myself, I said, okay, do I want to be alone forever? No, I have a family, I have grandchildren, I'm happy in my house, but I want to share my life with somebody again. Is it even possible? And of course, the knee jerk reaction is no, 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 no. I had a wonderful relationship, a great marriage. No. And then I'm talking, you know, all this self talk. I said, well, okay, fine. But you know, you're still, I was in my 60s. Do you really want to be alone forever? No. So then you have to open your mind. So this is what I did. And, but I'm, I'm not the kind of person that goes to dating 
uh, sites or dances. To me, that it just doesn't work for me. I don't feel like putting myself out. I just feel that if it's meant to happen, it'll happen. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't. But I think, you know, like I keep saying that I, I had to be open to that. Like, okay, don't shut the door on everybody. You see a, a person over there, a man, whatever. And okay, um, you know, maybe, maybe not, whatever. But yeah, so it took a few years. And then it took a lot of me just telling myself that this is what I want. And also being okay with the result. Like if I had never met him, well, I'd still be back in my house and have my family. Just had my daughter's birthday yesterday. And so fortunately, we have video and so on. So I can celebrate all the family gatherings this way. Yeah, right. Now, has anyone else in the family heard from David since he passed? Well, actually, it's uh, the grandchildren, and they didn't even know him. My grandson was like a year and a half, and um, he'd never even met David because David was too sick at the end. In the last three years of his life, he was confined to home. And because he had lung issues, lung, it was COPD, lung disease, we couldn't have people come into the house, especially children, because you never know if someone has a sore throat, a cold and that. So he hadn't been out of the house. And after he passed, my daughter came over with her two children. And little Nathan was just looking up at the ceiling and pointing and pointing and pointing. And we're like, what is it, Nathan? And he, he couldn't even talk yet, but I I knew that he was seeing David in our home. And then my granddaughter, I wrote about this in the book, was um, we were going to, we were in Florida. I had taken the family on a resort and um, we were going, this is very strange. We were going in the elevator to go down for breakfast. We were, you know, we all had our special rooms and so on. So we all congregate in the elevator. We're going down to the big, huge breakfast buffet. And Jasmine, who was, I think, about four at the time, seven, eight, nine, yeah, she looked around and she said, who's missing? <laughs> my daughter and I look around. No, everybody's here. The family's here. You know, it was my daughter, her husband, her two children. I had brought another grandchild along and myself. And we're looking, no, everybody's here. And then that was it. And the next day, the same thing. She looked around, who's missing? <laughs> and the next, we're saying, what's going on? Okay. So I started saying, oh, well, is it Katie? Is it Janie? Is it, you know, naming all her little friends, thinking she may have an imaginary friend along. And uh, she goes, nope, 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 nope. And then my daughter, okay, enough of this. She looks, bends down and she says, Jasmine, is it David? And she goes, Yes. Now, she had only met him when she was a baby, so she wouldn't even remember him. Oh, so, I mean, that, again, that's like, that's spirit. You can't argue with that. Um, and I think probably my daughter had, because she's so much on my wavelength. Um, she, oh, she, yeah, she did say that at one point her, her daughter was having, um, dental work and because of her young age she they had to put her under anesthesia and she's a child who reacts very strongly to any medication anything like that and my daughter was really really worried and then she said all of a sudden David appeared in front of her and said it's going to be okay 
and she's more visual. I'm kinesthetic. She's visual. And she said, Mom, I saw him. He was right there. He said, everything's going to be okay. And it was. Oh so that is beautiful. You know, I, I tell my clients that um, it doesn't matter if you've never met this person, if they're part of your family, and if they're connected to you, they're going to be around you. And they can have even a very strong connection. Doesn't matter if you remember them or even knew them. Yeah, isn't that interesting? I never thought that before. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought you had to meet them and know them and understand them and be with them. And but no, it's you don't have to at all. It's it works like that. It's just beautiful. So that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they really are connected to us. They're aware of what we're doing. They're aware of who's in our circle. They're aware of who we're connected to and they're connected to them too. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just if we need further proof that they're tapped <laughs> into us. That's yeah. it. I think it's beautiful. So um, do you think there's anything else that we need to know about your experience with David or about the book that we haven't talked about? Um, I don't know, really. I think um, I think I said pretty much everything. It was, um, you know, a horrible traumatic experience, but I've grown tremendously, particularly spiritually. I've become stronger and more confident as a person. I never thought that would happen, but it does. And I am very proud that I had written this book. I, I have another book. The first book I wrote was Reading Between the Lines about my experiences as a palm reader. <laughs> and it was published just after he died. And the thing is that the last few evenings that he was alive in the hospital, he would ask me to read to him. It was too difficult for him to read. And so I would read library books and so on. And the last night before he died, he said, I want you to read from your book. And I said, are you sure? Like I had read to him bits before. I wanted his input, whatever. And I said, like, you've heard it. He said, no, I want to hear your words. And then the next day he was gone. Oh, so it was a, an affirmation for me because he was always encouraging me to write. I had it in me. I was writing articles and so on. But he said, you know, just sit down and write. Follow what's what you're feeling inside. And so I did. And now that I've got this book out, I I feel that he's helped me along with this as well. That is beautiful. Um, and so when she mentioned your book, I had to go check it out on your website. <laughs> that looks like fun. And I love the title, Reading Between the Lines. That's very clever. Um, mm -hmm. Your website, of course, is wendywillowauthor.com. Wendywillowauthor.com. We'll put that in the show notes. And um, anybody listening, you can sign up for Wendy's newsletters. Um, check out her blog and contact Wendy as well. Do you see clients for palmistry and numerology these days? Not since COVID, which is unfortunate. I haven't been able to pick it up again. I'm in a new country, whereas all my clients were basically in Montreal. Right. I've only been out here two years. What I do is online numerology, and that started during COVID, and I continue to do that um, 
but I haven't gone, I haven't picked up the palm reading yet and I'm looking forward to that. Right. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, Wendy, this was very, very nice to talk with you. Um, I love your story. I believe your story 1000%. And this is a beautiful book. Thank you so much. It's very nice to hear. Okay. Well, take care. And um, I hope you write more. Oh, I certainly will. And thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you. Radiate Wellness is an international community of holistic and alternative healers dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.